So you sent uh, me a text earlier. Yeah. Um, so Brett McMurphy reported that Washington State, their athletic, their president, Kurt Schultz, says that their athletics will have a temporary freeze on all current and future vacant positions until further review, as well as a pause on non-essential travel purchases and new professional development because a significant decrease in Pac-12 revenue distribution as a result of overpayments from one of the conference media partners that must be resolved. Relocation sound, of Pac-12. Yeah, that so sounds th- like the, the Washington text that I send Gabby when I've spent too much money on my credit card. So you're going to yeah. have to dumb that down and explain so, it to me a little bit. That That's the first half of this. The Washington State half is that they're not hiring any new positions. Um, they will not have any non-essential travel. So likely no recruitment visits likely no training that might take place at the headquarters for the Pac-12, no coaching visits, anything that's non-essential is frozen. And I'm going to assume essential would be game only. Which means they will not be spending any money in that department until whenever. That also means if they – like Tennessee does a coach's caravan where you can buy tickets to go see coaches. I imagine that's probably also canceled or on hold. Someone, one of the, it looks like one of the media companies overpaid the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 went ahead and redistributed that money. So the money is like spent, but the schools might have to pay back some of it. That's speculation. I mean, you know, a lot of this is legalese. The second part of this is that the Pac-12 headquarters relocation out of San Francisco exceeded the Pac-12's budget projection as well, and WSU projects that Cougar Athletics exceeded its expenditures for the year due to inadequate documentation of revenues and expenses. Uh, On the accounting side, that's really bad for a public institution to do. My understanding is this is not uncommon in the Pac-12. I think Cal is in a similar situation, and ultimately it's going to lead to the collapse of the Pac-12. I think there's a reason why USC and UCLA were real quick to jump out of the Pac-12, and it's money. It's always money. This... The Pac-12 spending more money than they had is bad. That is by far the worst run conference. It took less than a week for the Pac-12 to be out of the news for them to get right back in it for something just as bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like when it said projections, I mean, rent's really high in San Francisco. It's horrible. And so, I mean, everybody's – They were leaving San Francisco was what I took from that text message. Like they okay. were relocating away from San Francisco and they're that's probably building a new more. building. Yeah. I mean, everyone is leaving San Francisco. That's for a different podcast, but it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot yeah. of money to be had over there. I mean, my prediction is that the pack, the collapse of the pack 12 is coming and it's going to suck for Oregon state, Washington state, probably Fresno state and San Diego state too. It's going to suck for them, but at the same time, it, it does it give other schools opportunities and other conferences opportunities to really build with some of those schools? It now their traveling so. budget. You don't, I think, don't so? think so? I mean, Why not? If, you're, if you're not Oregon or Washington, no. Do you want Cal? Do you want Stanford? Maybe you want Stanford for academic or baseball, but what value does Cal have? They're not good at anything. What value does Oregon state have? They had their first winning season in football in like 20 years. They were a good team last year, though, and if they keep building off that, I would definitely want them. I don't. I, definitely... I don't think they can keep building off of it. 
You know, I mean, uh, building off of a seven and six season is not the same thing as doing what Utah has done, which is winning the Pac-12 twice in back-to-back Rose Bowls. All right. Yeah, well, but uh, let's start the pod. Uh, I don't okay. want to. We've got a lot to talk about. I don't want to get bogged down. We can talk about the Pac-12 on the Pac-12. <laughs> we can talk about the hey. Pac-12 Network on Ion Television. This is Olivia Benson with SVU, and you're watching Arizona State and Colorado. At 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of Bad Take Blake. It is Tuesday, May 23rd. SEC baseball tournament is underway, and we are here with another episode of Bad Take Blake. I'm your host, Davis. Welcomed again by my co-host, Drew. It is a normal episode. No guests this week. Welcome back, guys. I know we got some new listeners. Arrive Logistics. Shout out to my boys over there, Peter, Tristan, Davis. I know y'all are all listening now. I appreciate it. Oh, y'all have a Davis over there? Yeah, Lipper, dude. His last name's Lip. He's a beast. I mean, so yeah, no, I've got a, I've got a group message with a bunch of Davises. We are planning to all meet up one year from now, and we're gonna Hunger Games it because there can only be one. He'll sign up tomorrow. <laughs> Just give so, me the form. We are back with another bad take of the week. Our bad take, Blake of the week, and this one, this is a surprising one because this is someone I have a lot of respect for. I watch their show. But in the in his own terms, this is a casual take. Josh Pate saying that Sanford Stadium is a top five stadium in the country. They're not a top five stadium in the SEC. And I understand his argument that Kirby has put excitement into it. He's built it and the fans are happy and they're energized. And I hate to tell you this, but if your coach is having to convince fans to go to a 1v1 game in November home, with you know two undefeated teams, number one in the CFB poll, number one in the AFP in the AP poll, you don't have a good stadium atmosphere. I yeah, mean, that, stadium that, atmospheres are not built in in five year spans. They're built after decades of loyalty and tradition. And the truth is, Sanford Stadium is generic. It's lame. Half the fans golf clap, and half of them do this weird cosplay where they wear these ugly shoulder pads and they bark at you. It's Which gotten is a little bit better. No, it is repulsive. We have a lot to say about Georgia fans this episode, but we're going to stick with this. And this this take, I believe, was born out of this nauseating sexual tension that Josh Pate has with Brandon Walker, because Brandon Walker on his podcast said Sanford Stadium was not top five. And they do this thing. Sometimes Brandon's right. Sometimes Josh is right. But they always have to comment on each other. And it's really smart because it drives views for both of them. Views. And, you know, these are two guys I've got a lot of respect for. I listen to both of their shows. I generally agree with most of their takes. You know, you don't agree with everyone's takes, but two people that if you're doing what we do, you hope you can at least generate their numbers. You hope you can be as entertaining as they are. But once again, that sexual tension between you two is nauseating. You guys should just kiss. Yeah, at this point. And as soon as you sent me this, I, the first thing I got from it was views. This is a views thing. Like, oh, I don't think anyone really thinks well, that. Maybe is, he thinks that, but. It is it is equal parts pandering to the whiniest and most insecure fan base in the country right now as it is views. Like, that. that's what it boils down to. But I this don't know does, about whiniest, but insecure, no, you've, you, you hit it, whi- you hit it on, on the head. 
And we'll talk more about that later. But this does lead us into our first topic of conversation. Best stadiums in the country. And we've also said best stadiums in the SEC because I will contend Sanford Stadium is not a top five SEC stadium, let alone top five stadium in the country. I think – pause. I said that we were each going to give our top five for this one, and then we're going to alternate for the helmets, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give my top five first, and then you give yours. Number one, by far, Death Valley, LSU. I know Tennessee kind of took over that house and took a little of the shine off, but Death Valley at night, and we saw it this, the same season against Alabama. That place was rocking. It's a scary stadium. The fans piss on you. They throw beer bottles at opposing fans' buses. It's not somewhere you want to go. Penn State whiteout. This is on my bucket list of stadiums. I'd love to see a Penn State Same. whiteout game against Ohio State in October. Incredible atmosphere. The second largest stadium in the country. Neyland Stadium. Third Saturday in October this year is the best environment I've ever been in. Yelled so loud I almost passed out on multiple occasions. Whenever Neyland is rocking, it's rocking. And despite a decade of dysfunction, there's still a lot of really good moments in there. If Georgia fell on what Tennessee fell on, those golf clappers are not going to those games. Florida State. The wow, Oak, I didn't expect yeah, that. No, this, this one is – I think it flies under the radar for a lot of people because Florida State's been down the last four years. But, you know, the Seminole chop that they do – Whenever uh, the chief Seminole comes out riding on the horse and throws the spear at the center field, that is something. It's hot. It's just as hot and humid as uh, the University of Florida Stadium is, but also their fans are crazy. Like Florida State fans legitimately, they party all day. They, Florida State belongs in the SEC. And then my last one is another one you probably don't have on your list. I had to give the Pac-12 some love here. Oregon. The Autzen Zoo. It's nicknamed that for a reason. It is loud. There's a reason Oregon rarely gets defeated at home over the past 20 years. That is a stadium. Mine. First three are indisputable. First three are not disputable for me. You can argue four and five, but I could give you 10 more stadiums that are not Sanford that would fill there. Well, I, so I have Death Valley as my one. Also, I have Penn State as my two. Penn State's always been a bucket list for me. The whiteout, they like to think they invented the whiteout. There's some real controversy there. But regardless, it's a great place to watch football. Did Notre not Dame, invent it, but made it iconic. Okay. Well, the, 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 that's fair. I think Notre Dame is up there. It's always somewhere that I've wanted to, to go watch. If I, we were talk doing, if I were doing a top five iconic stadiums, Notre Dame would have been up there with touchdown Jesus. But I went for – I really tried to go for – craziest loudest most intimidating hardest and like i said there's 10 other stadiums that i could have put somewhere in that list so at what point are we going to talk about the big house because that has to be in your your top five michigan i mean that that's that's football legacy right there they fill it up it's built into the ground so they say that sound goes better i don't know if that's true but you know that's what they say largest um, so stadium in the country yeah it's huge neyland to me neyland is up there ne i have some of the best games i've ever watched have been in neyland stadium so it would be it, i would be doing a disservice to the people who trust me to give my honest opinion to not say neyland is in my top five because I, I they to me they really are my last one and you're gonna hate this Bryant-Denny Stadium. 
I do hate that because I think it's wrong. I Watching Alabama play LSU on a Saturday night in late November was gorgeous. This, this goes back to, like, Georgia has had the best two teams the last two years. That doesn't mean they've had the best stadium. Like, Alabama's had the best team for the last 12 years, 14 years. Good God, it's going It's it's going almost 20 years. It's what, Saban got there in 2007? I think Ryan better than Samford. I have them ranked higher than that in my SEC rankings. But, you know, other stadiums I think are worth mentioning. Memorial Stadium, Gaylord Memorial that Oklahoma plays in. Doak Walker. Not Doak Walker. Doak Walker's Florida State's. Texas Stadium is pretty intimidating. Ohio State, the Horseshoe, is a fantastic is stadium. Kimmett Field at Iowa. They Iowa's got a sneaky good home field advantage. The other Death Valley and Clemson, but that's another one of those. Like, is it a tough stadium or are they just a good team? So I hesitate to put them on that list. Washington has a very good home home field. Kyle that's Field. An- yeah, Kyle Field, really good in the SEC. And while we're on this list, let's go ahead and give our top five SEC stadiums. I think we both know our number one and number two, yeah. LSU, Tennessee. And then my number three, Florida, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. That place is miserable to play in in September. I've been down there before. It's disgusting. That is a And the, their fans are some of the toughest to be around in the country. They are. Because they're terrible people. And they're ratchet. <laughs> After that, and... I don't know why Auburn is this way. I it, like I put this on Twitter. I think it's because of voodoo. We've all heard of Auburn Jesus, but Jordan Hare Stadium is magnificent, man. The it home is. field advantage that's there. I know Auburn's been down the last couple of years, but when Auburn is even decent, that's a really tough place to play. So Auburn's my number four, and then Kyle Field, Texas A&M, is my number five in the SEC. But if I were to keep going, Alabama would be number six. And then after Alabama, then you can start talking about Georgia. But, you know, I'd be inclined to mention Fayetteville, Arkansas, whenever they call the pigs, that's a good stadium. Enter Sandman with williams Bryce Stadium in South Carolina. That's not a bad stadium. There's nothing in particular that intimidates me about Sanford Stadium. I don't care how much crowd noise you pump in there. I don't care how many fake decibel numbers that you put on the screen. Congratulations on showing out for one game that your coach had to beg your fans to come to. I'm not going to give you a pat on the back for that. It's really wild to me, too, because – and our lists are, are very similar. I think I would probably put Bryant-Denny in that top five somewhere. But it's very weird to me because no one has ever thought that Sanford Stadium was top in the SEC. Like that has – I've never heard – I've heard the craziest takes in the world – I've never heard someone say that. I've never, and I know Georgia fans. I know people who have been to Georgia to watch games and have been a lot of other places, and no one has ever said, oh, yeah, man, that's a heck of a place to watch football at. Yeah, okay. Give me your top five. LSU, Tennessee, Bryant, Denny, Kyle Field, I'm assuming, is your four. Who's your five? Kyle Field is my four. This is going to be Vault Hemingway. Terrible take. Dude, when it let, let me Terrible tell you something. Thing. When it's a big I was game, about to, I was they about to, show up. They show is, up. I'm not gonna pat them on the back for the same reason I won't pat Georgia on the back. Ole Miss was undefeated in, going into October, and Lane Kiffin is begging people show up to Vaught Hemingway, and they're Dude. panning the camera, and it's just dead inside. You've been, haven't you? 
Yeah, of course I've been. I've been se- multiple times, many times, more than several, many. That Bama Maybe. game I went to when they beat Bama, it was I think it was the first time they beat him when Katy Perry was there or whatever. That was probably a top five football game I've ever been to. I mean, it was rocking. The third Saturday in October is the best football game I've ever been to this past year where Tennessee beat Alabama. But I can tell you without question, I have been there for Tennessee Tech and Neyland is rocking. UT Martin this year, Neyland was rocking. Appalachian State in 2016, Neyland was rocking. We don't need an excuse to show up. We just show up. Fair enough. Give me your bottom three in the SEC. I think two of them are easy. Mizzou is easy. Kentucky's easy. You missed the obvious one. Who are you thinking of? Vanderbilt and Missouri are the two worst. Uh, Yeah, Vanderbilt as well. Kentucky's not terrible. They're just not iconic. Like, I do they show up? They have before. I don't know if they did this year. I think. I think you know. Number three worst is probably either Kentucky and then Ole Miss is probably my number four. Mississippi State would be my fourth worst, but they have those cowbells, which are illegal. I think Mississippi State is right. That Mississippi State shows up pretty well. I think they're number seven on my list. Eight, seven, eight. Regardless. Now, my girlfriend is sitting in the next room who went to who went to Mississippi State, so that could influence this opinion. I'm not saying it is, not saying it isn't. While we're on the topic of college football, I asked you to prepare a list of ugly football helmets. We are going to alternate on this one. We're going to go back and forth. Okay. Give me like from number five to number one. So you're going to start at number five and you're going to work up to the ugliest. You want me to start? Yeah, I want you to start. Half of Oregon's helmets. Okay. So my number five is Michigan. Think they're ugly. Like the, the the thing that they've got at the front with the three stripes back, I think the color scheme in general is ugly. It's not gold. It's maize, which is the most Midwestern thing that you could give the color yellow. <laughs> it's navy and maize. I think it's incredibly ugly. I think the helmets are atrocious. Michigan has the fifth ugliest helmet in the country for me. This one isn't – hold on. Pause for a second because I, I, I pulled up the wrong one. Who am I thinking of? It's not Fresno State. It's red with white, right, white stripes. Nebra- Nebraska. All right. Are you, think- are you thinking of the Nebraska alternate one? Or are you thinking of just the white one with the one red stripe and the in? Let me look. So the ones with the in are sweet. So my, my other one was going to be, or I think Oregon States are so ugly. Okay, here we go. So my next one is going to be Oregon State. 
they really? don't do much to it. Their their colors throw me off. It, it's just it's it's ugly. It's time for them to get an update. It, it it I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. That's fine. Really picking on the state of Oregon. Yeah, sorry. Do you guys. pronounce it Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. My number two. I'm gonna pick on the second half of the most overrated rivalry in college sports. Ohio State's helmets look like peewee helmets. They're just – the base silver doesn't really look good anyway, but then you throw all these stickers on there, and it's such a lame gimmick. We used to put stickers on my helmets for GYAA peewee football. We stopped – we outgrew it by the time we were juniors. So that's all I have to say on that. The game features the ugliest helmet matchup in college football. Can we talk about how bad – and sorry, Peter. I know you're probably listening to this. Iowa. Good God, you got to figure something out else out than a bird head on your helmet for the last as long as I've been watching you guys. You know, I almost put Iowa State on my list because I think their color scheme is gross. I don't know why Cardinal and gold looks so much worse on Iowa State than it does on USC, but <laughs> I, I opted not to. So I all those all those helmets like Iowa – Missouri, um, pretty much any form of black and gold or black and like the corn yellow type colors. I don't think they look very good together. And that's who I have next on my list is Missouri. I figured you'd throw them in there somewhere. Particularly, they got new ones. Particularly the white ones that have the black big stripe with the gold line and then the the black M. I think those in yeah. particular are their ugliest helmets. Now, they've got a matte black helmet that has their tiger on it. I think they were from the James Franklin era whenever he was the quarterback there. Those were – I like those helmets. Yeah, they were cool, but it just gives me like – I went to Houston High School. It just gives me like high school or trying to be relevant by getting a new – you know. I like alternate uniforms, but Missouri is my third ugliest. I just feel like college is cutting – like college football is – when you talk about helmets, uniforms, and stuff like that, is supposed to be the cutting edge. And if you're wearing something that other schools have been wearing for the last 10 years or 15 years or however long, unless it's like tradition, it just throws me off a little bit. It's just – come on. We can't come up with anything better. You kind of dogged Oregon. I consider Oregon cutting edge. They over the, the Oregon, it. The Oregon duck helmets were disgusting. Though. They were gross. Like the, the duck uniform. All right, give me your second ugliest helmet. My second ugliest helmet, let me get my notes back up, is going to be – this is going to be a shocker to you. Kentucky's all silver. The chrome? They, I just hate them. I, mean, I hate them. I think most people think that those are very good-looking helmets, and they're not I, too dissimilar from the Tiger helmets. I don't really like when the – I like the Tigers all-white ones. That Those are my favorite. I like the either the white or the blue. The Chromes are cool with the Tigers, but for with Kentucky, it just – I don't know. Like, is Chrome a part of their color scheme? I guess it's not really a part of ours, but gray is. I mean, you got to understand everything that – kentucky thinks is cool they stole from somebody else they tried Fair to enough. steal checkerboards calipari yeah stole calipari from umass where he was truly an iconic coach <laughs> you know those years in memphis Ooh. 
I think those years were vacated. My number, <laughs> my number two ugliest helmet, and I don't know if it's been worn in a while, but it's certainly up there, is the Copper Arizona helmet. It's like copper, so it – like I told you, I thought the Memphis basketball copper uniforms are ugly. Same concept. A copper helmet with just the Arizona A. And the Arizona A still has their white, red, and blue on it. I don't know why they landed on copper for this helmet, but it just it doesn't go with any other combination they have. Looks atrocious. They've been irrelevant for so long, I didn't even think about them. Yeah. Your ugliest helmet in college football. This was a hard one for me. It took me a while to come up with it. Part of me, the Clemson blue helmets. The blue helmets just, it's, they've never Clemson worn. Has blue helmets? Yeah, have you not seen them? No. Is it blue or is it purple? It might be purple. Blue helmets. I'm about to show them to you. We'll put it on screen for the people that watch on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube at Bad Take Blake. Oh, they're so ugly. Share I'm sending screen. this to you right now. Can I do that on here? Send it to me. Text it to me. I'll put it on there in the edit. I'm sharing it. Hold on. Yeah, purple. Those are that's purple. Yeah, purple. Gross. Now these yeah. honestly wouldn't be as bad just because it's less purple. That's now, a fan. Those that's a fan cool. concept. Yeah, but these no, are the, yeah, gross. that's a, yeah. Whenever Clemson does like the orange helmets with the purple uniforms, that makes me want to throw up. That is so ugly. It's bad. My number one ugliest helmet in college football, the Maryland Terrapin Maryland State Flag alternate helmet. I didn't even think about this. The, that whole exactly jersey selection. Yeah, no, it's got five different colors and it's sectioned weird. It's supposed to look like the Maryland flag, but because Maryland's main color for this uniform is black, it all ends up looking awful. Terrible. And I have one honorable mention. I might get a little hate for this honorable mention because I know what this uniform is supposed to represent. Boston College has a red bandana uniform and the helmet. It's like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The helmet has the same pattern as like those red bandanas you used to wear. Normally, they wear a gold helmet. I think this one is actually like a maroonish red. And it's to honor a former student, maybe student athlete, maybe football player who passed away from cancer. But it's not a good looking helmet. And I'm sorry. Mm -mm. I'm looking at it right now. It's not pretty. So those are the top five ugliest helmets in college football. Moving on to our next section now. Memphis just had a really big event this past weekend. It is the – and I'm shocked how many people outside of Memphis don't know what this is because I know a lot of people Me come too. to town. But I was talking to someone from Nashville because I'm looking at maybe putting a team together for next year. And we'll talk about this. It, it's, a, it's a shit ton of money. But Barbecue Fest, World Championship Barbecue Contest in Memphis, Tennessee was this past weekend. I went for one day, stayed at the Hog Father Tent. It was a lot of fun. And for those of you that don't know, this is like a four or five day event. It really starts Wednesday and runs through Saturdays, the, the final judge day, and then tear, Sunday's a teardown day. 
And these people come in and they build these two, in some cases, three or four story tents out of scaffolding. The tent I was at was two stories. There was, you know, standing and sitting room up top. And then under that was a DJ, a dance floor, a couple porta potties, and then an open bar with the cooking section in the back for the people that were cooking and actually competing. They had a security guard there. Most of these places require you to have a wristband to get in on top of the ticket you purchased to enter the festival. And they smoke meat, various things get judged, including sauce, wings. I think it's shoulder that they do, ribs. We For the first time in 20 years, a rib won the overall best. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. I One of my really good friends, the Suzors, are a part of a team who won it for two it was either two or sh- three straight years, years ago. And then my cousin Jeff want, has won best tent for the last three years. But they literally come in and build it from wood in like three days. It's insane. It's a three-story tent, wood stairs. I mean, it's nuts. It, it, it's really next level. That sounds insane. And, you know, the rub on this is if you're from Memphis – You know, if you have a tent, it's a lot of fun. So you get that first tent, you go there, you hang out, and then you're walking around the festival and you realize you know 20 other people that have different tents. And so it kind of becomes a four or five day party. We had a company tent and they sent out an email saying, if you're not there for work, don't come by. So I was not there. I'm not in sales. I had no reason to be there. It's so fun though. I mean, I like, I just grew up having so much fun going tent to tent and then obviously as i got older we started consuming alcohol and as of legal age and just had so much fun going on the roof and a lot of these places they don't charge for alcohol because you have to know someone to get in yeah and it's just so so much fun do you know how much i so i asked my person who helped set up their tent i asked him how much is your barbecue team's budget and how much is just the spot? They told me it's $20,000 just for, like, the spot. And they had so many teams this year. The land's not super big. So they were doing construction on Tom Lee. So they had to tell some teams, it's like, sorry, we don't have enough room for you. I saw that. Raise the price on the lots. And it was, like, 20000 And it's not a big spot. Like, it's kind of asses and elbows in there. All these tents are right up on each other. Their total budget was $65,000. And how most teams finance this, yeah. So I said I was putting together a team. I heard this number. I was like, I might have to rethink this. But most teams finance this either by way of sponsors. And, you know, the sponsors will pay for some portion. They'll get their name on it. They'll probably get a number of wristbands to where they can come entertain customers. Or they will assemble a team of however many people. And they'll ask everyone buy-in, maybe 250 a person. And there's still like a significant personal cost to the people that compete, but the people that are good at it do it every year. Every year that they really do. It's like their favorite thing to do all year too. And it's so fun to watch because you get literally the best barbecue in the world. The stuff I saw, it wasn't that expensive, just renting the lot itself. Now from what the people I've talked to, the really expensive thing is a, the alcohol be the food because you have to buy so much meat and bring it in there and cook it and you know you yeah. gotta bring grills in you gotta buy charcoal you gotta buy all that kind of stuff but the alcohol you're also I providing know, food for people that come by your tent for four days it's like lunch and dinner wednesday thursday friday and then saturday's judging 
Well, and then you get those people who like I'm in a tent and it's 10 or 11 at night or 10 at night. And it just so happens that I'm in the tent that a lot of people want to be in and everyone's Matt. Hey, you know, why can't you get me in? Why can't you get me a wristband or whatever? And it's like, bro, like these people have been paying for all these people to drink for free all weekend. I know one guy who spent a little under four grand on alcohol and it lasted him barely. I mean, we ran out on Saturday. I, I had a buddy, him and his wife bought into a group a couple years ago, and I think they paid $250 and they got a limited number of wristbands to give. Sometimes yeah. you just pay that money just for you to come in. Exactly. And then there are some tents that I think they're trying to win best tent, so they treat it more as a party tent and they'll charge like a cover for randos to come in on top of that. That's what my cousin does. He He's – they obviously they love – smoking meats and like that's the whole reason why they're there but rubbing butts just digging into meat but that's the reason they're there but at at the same time it's really all about the tent yeah but it's a great experience if you're not from memphis if you've never been definitely go check it out next year we just wrapped up this year other notable events coming up if you're in memphis you know italian fest is coming up within the next couple weeks and then wing fest is in August, I believe, at the Liberty Bowl. <clears throat> I didn't even know we had that. Yeah, it's kind of new. Moving on, SEC baseball tournament has started today. I don't know if you watch baseball at work. I was watching it today, and today was kind of a slow day. Half of our office is out on vacation, uh, but I had it on while I was completing some other tasks. It kind of hits. Like, before Tennessee came on and ruined my day, it was a lot of fun watching South Carolina beat the piss out of Georgia. Not yeah. quite as good as March Madness, but like whenever you're in your own little bubble and no one else is watching it, it, it definitely makes the day go by faster. Bad news for you, Texas A&M looks really good. We already lost. It looked, oh, I know, but I'm just uh, – like completely? Was yeah, today the, the first, last one? First round is single elimination. Ah, okay. I thought they had another one to play. Listen, it doesn't matter. Tony Vitello is playing chess, not checkers. He's not a loser coach like Dave Van Horn at Arkansas or Tim Corbin. He knows, he learned from last year, going farther in the SEC has not indicated success in regionals. He, like, he's just, he's five steps above everybody else. I hope you're right. They're going to make a run at the regional, get to the super regional, and then it's anybody's ballgame. Now, this idiot, Dave Van Horn, probably the worst coach of the year in SEC history. And I'm saying all this because I know my buddy Sam's listening. He's an Arkansas fan. But probably click that because those those guys are out. You want to talk about a whiny fan base, Arkansas's there. <laughs> the state of Mississippi is bad at baseball. The uh, last two Arkansas. national champions did not make the qualifier to get to Hoover. They're not in the conference tournament. Got beat out by Missouri for the last seed. <laughs> Southern Miss would have a better chance in the SEC tournament than either of those schools would have. Hey, there was a point where Southern Miss had more SEC wins than Ole Miss and Mississippi State combined. Yeah, I what people forget until you know Ole Miss cheated and canceled the game. Yeah, as they do, as they do. I mean that that's what you expect from that fan base, scummy people. You guys have met our friend Cole, aka Goat Kiffin, scummy person. He's happy to have Chris Beard. They'll tell you, whatever. They'll tell you, you know, get when your wins somebody, how you can. When somebody tells you the type of character that they have, just listen. Yeah, that's all you got to do. So on that note, Dave Van Horn for Arkansas, 
won SEC Coach of the Year. Well-deserved. They tied for the best record. They came in with the second seed with Florida, co-champions, Arkansas and Florida, and then Vanderbilt and who's who's that last top four seed? LSU with the three seed. LSU's really falling off. South Carolina. Yeah, they are. South Carolina has really fallen off. Fall from glory, some would say. I mean, good God. If you had to pick one SEC team to win it all. Texas A&M looks hot. No, it's A&M. I don't think they have it in them. They look Uh, hot. My knee jerk is to lean Arkansas, but I don't think they can win at all just because they're Arkansas. So I'm going to go Florida because I know Florida probably could win it all, and they're just as good. Whoever wins. Honestly, I I really think that the way they're playing right now, they're flying very close to the sun, but they're not going to fall off yet. They're not too close yet. So don't expect them to be, you know, even if they do win it to go deep in Omaha, but. Yeah. I guarantee Texas A&M loses their next two games and gets bounced from the SEC tournament. Hmm. Do we know who they're playing yet? Arkansas. Okay. Well, we'll that's see. their next. That's their next one. They'll lose that one. Go down to the losers bracket, which is single a limb again, and then they'll be gone. I wouldn't put it past Tim Corbin to make a run either. Whoever wins the SEC tournament will not win the the College World Series. That's a fact. That's a hundred percent fact. Has Goat Kiffin told me on Twitter today, going far in Hoover works directly against you going far in the College World Series. And as I sit here and I'm thinking about it, makes a lot of sense. Losing in the first round with bad weather, poor officiating, having an overall bad batting day, probably the best case scenario for Tennessee who did just win a series on the road against a ranked South Carolina team. Had I wouldn't say that in there. Had, had to. to throw that. <laughs> had to. So we already gave you one bad take. I'm here to give you another one. Bad take part two. It's really a shame. Like I am shaming someone right now. The state of Georgia, the University of Georgia, are the most insecure and whiniest fan base I've ever seen win a national title. You can't say anything about Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, South Carolina. You can't say anything about anybody without them being like, where's my hug? This is the most pick-me franchise I've ever seen. It's whiny, it's lame, and honestly, it's cringe. It's almost as cringy as barking at people as a grown adult. And it's like, you just won back-to-back national championships. Can you not be happy in this monster that Kirby Smart has built? He has legitimately built a dynasty that could rival Nick Saban's dynasty. And all you guys have to say is, where's Georgia? Whenever anyone says anything about Bryce Young or Joe Milton or, you know, Jim Harbaugh redefining expectations at Michigan or is Ryan Day the guy at Ohio State? I mean, damn. Arkansas can't send out a tweet about Sam Pittman without Georgia saying something in the comments. And the fan base ruins it. They ruins it. And and look, Mississippi State also does things at football games that is super annoying. But when I'm at the bar and I hear grown men barking at a TV screen because they have Georgia jerseys on, it's repulsive. And it, it makes me want them not to win. It makes me really, really not like them. It's gotta stop. It's gross. 
Georgia would be a feel-good story. You know, you win your first title in 40 years, you go back-to-back, walk-on QB, et cetera, et cetera. Would be a really nice feel-good story if their fans weren't so fucking miserable to be around. I love the story. I just cannot stand the way their fans act. And while I'm on my soapbox, Stetson Bennett should not have been a Heisman finalist. And anyone who thinks he should have is wrong, number one. Number two, an idiot. And number three, probably a bad person. The Heisman as a whole was a joke this year. The Heisman as a joke has been a the Heisman as a whole has been a joke since 1997. I think some people deserved it, but that's for another podcast. No, the Heisman lost all legitimacy whenever they gave it to Charles Woodson over Peyton Manning. The biggest blunder of any award in the history of awards. Even where I, I'm not going to say that on air. Okay. I'll tell you off pod. I'm not going to say it on air. And, you know, Tennessee and Georgia are not rivals. They play in the same division. We play in the same con- conference. Tennessee's rivals are Alabama, Kentucky, Florida, Vanderbilt. Dude, Georgia Tennessee and Georgia are no, rivals. Come on. I, I know you wouldn't understand because Memphis has no I legitimate wouldn't. rivals. Georgia and Tennessee are not, not why. rivals. We are not historical rivals. We're just not. So you're telling me that Tennessee, and I know this because of all the Tennessee fans I know, you don't circle that game. At, you, did you circle that game b- before y'all played them this year? Of uh, course after, you did. After we beat Alabama and we were both undefeated, of course I did. You you guys circle that game every year. I remember no, when no, you no, no. guys had – Because like, I circle every year are Florida and Alabama. Those are your benchmarks. You would like to beat Georgia because they're really good right now. And, like, obviously you're going to compare yourself to the best team in the league. But if Georgia was bad, we're not talking about them. We're not thinking about them. They are basically Mississippi State. Rocket scientist quarterback. What was his name? I can't, I can't remember. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. When y'all had Josh Dobbs and y'all beat Georgia at Tennessee, my the brother only was there. Thing notable about that, and not that one. That game was a good game, but that's like you know beating ranked South Carolina. Woo! You beat a ranked team. Whatever. The next year, it was whenever a huge he, game for y'all. The next huge. year, whenever, the next year when he threw that hail mary, that's the game that gets talked about a lot. The only notable thing about that game was Tennessee started five and zero, beat Florida and Georgia, was in the driver's seat to go to Atlanta. You that was such a big game for y'all. I've known Tennessee fans for my entire life. I don't talk about I don't talk about that home game. I talk about the away game where he threw the Hail Mary. The home game, like that's nice that year. That's not something that really sticks with me though. All the Tennessee fans I know have a real vendetta against Georgia. And as I've grown up, it's not because we're rivals, it's because their fans are obnoxious. There's a difference. Okay, I, I maybe so, but Memphis it sure is not does seem rival. like a robbery. Memphis is no. not a rival. I still would want to beat them if we played. Yeah, but it's so much different. It's so much different. It's not, and it's only in football. Like these other rivalries expand in other sports. I don't Georgia basketball irrelevant. Who cares? I I think I watched the game this year. I think we beat them by 40, but I watch every Tennessee game. It's not like I'm like, oh, we got to fucking beat these guys like I do with Florida or Vanderbilt or Alabama, which we beat Alabama as well. They were number one in the country. We have a real knack for beating Alabama when they're number one in the country. So now rivalries have to be multi-sport. It can't just be one. I think it helps to be multi-sport. But it can just be one, right? I guess it can be, but again, we're not rivals with Georgia. Our rival slots are filled. You know better not do, but I just I throughout my entire life it seems I don't like think Tennessee Georgia would consider us rivals. Their rivals are Florida, Auburn, Georgia Tech. 
and there's like this kind of forced one with South Carolina. I don't know if they really consider that anymore. I don't consider that one anymore. Moving on. Top five most whiny and insecure fan bases in the country. We're not going to alternate. We're just going to give them. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Georgia, obviously. Ohio State. You want to talk about a pick-me school, man. Ohio State, like, has a real – they have – they cannot get over that Jalen Hyatt won the Bolitnikoff. They just think that the SEC is bad and they would run it. Ohio State, they play one real game a year. I'm not counting Penn State. They play one real game a year, and that determines their season. Every other game is Northwestern or Rutgers, but they want to talk about how many points they score, how many yards they put up. Guys, you're playing a high school team. If you came to the SEC, you're an eight-and-four squad. Ryan Day sucks. Next, Arkansas. The former whiniest and most insecure fan base in the country before Georgia did whatever they did, but at least Arkansas hasn't won anything. Arkansas baseball acts like they have the greatest dynasty to ever step foot on planet Earth, but they have not won a single World Series title. They only have four SEC titles, including this year. They like to make fun of Tennessee for saying that they're a one-coach program. Arkansas had no program before DVH. They still barely have one right now. Basketball won a title once 30 years ago before any of us were born. Football won a title once 80 years ago before any of us were born. Perhaps the most, basically Missouri with worse academics. Extremely whiny on the bird app. Number four, Oklahoma. And not so much, not so much with me directly, but they have gotten real whiny about Tebow. And if you don't know who Tebow is, it is that bitch out West, Lincoln Riley. Uh, they've gotten real whiny about some of that stuff. This, the weird thing they have with Texas coming to the SEC, n- not being able to get over the hump in the playoff. Oklahoma falls squarely into that mix, particularly if you're on the bird app like I am. And the whiniest, the whiniest state in the union. I said the state of Georgia earlier, but the whiniest state in the union. This is really a, a 5A and a 5B. The state of South Carolina. There is so much wine that Jesus would be ashamed between Clemson and South Carolina. So, all right, should I start with five or one? Doesn't matter. I started with one I, and went down. I'm going to start with one, and this might have been your one, Ohio State. Was Just, my two. Georgia was my one. Ohio State was my two. Constant. And you probably get a better sense of all this because you're way more on the bird app than I am. At the same time. Follow me at DCroc53. The fact that it bleeds over and I read it makes me know that it is so whiny. So we're going to start with Ohio State. Our next one is going to be Clemson. I don't know if it's Dabo Sweeney or if it's just everyone else involved. Tragedy. They just complain. Com- they complain about they they complain about the transfer portal. They complain about the, the this the worst, recruiting. The worst part about Clemson is South Carolina and vice versa. The message boards I've read between those two and all like Shane Beamer and Dabo Sweeney are two sides of the same coin. Big fucking dorks. Dorks. And it's like like those two fan bases are so obnoxious. Like you put them together and that's why they had to go together on my list. But 100% Clemson. Yeah. 
third, Kentucky. They complain about everything. They're good years. They comp- They still complain. It. Kentucky drives me insane. And who's our friend? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. The, Matt Jones. Just say he's our his, friend. His job is to, for lack of a better word, bitch on the radio and on the bird app all day, every day. It drives me insane. Fourth, another one that you mentioned, Arkansas. Always complain about everything. Always act like they're going to be really good when last year they got beat by Kansas, who historically has been horrible in a bowl game. Just complain, complain, complain. And my number one final, and it's just recently become like this, Alabama. They complain about everything. They don't just complain about everything. They complain about everything and then people's reaction to that everything. Do you remember when Nick Saban went on a media tour trying to beg people to put him in the playoff? I was going to say, man, Alabama for years, they were above whining because they didn't have to. They have become some whiny bitches the last year and a half, two years. And I guarantee it, man, after October, Nick Saban's going to be looking with a close loss or a almost loss to someone, and he's going to have a loss to someone else, and he's still going to have, like, Texas A&M, who I think is going to do surprisingly well this year and who has been playing him well the last four years. LSU, who just beat him last year, still going to have them on the schedule, still going to have Hugh Freeze at the end of the year with Auburn. And they're going to be looking up and being like, man, we it might be time to start thinking about something other than saving because something's not clicking here. Tommy Reese doesn't look good. Kevin Steele, obviously not the answer. There, there's going to be a wake-up moment where they're going to try to oust the greatest dynasty, the builder of the greatest dynasty that's ever happened. I think Saban leaves before then. Uh, I really do. Uh, I think if Saban has a bad year this year, I, I think he's out. I, I think, think if he wins a national title, he retires. I think if he doesn't win a national title, he gets fired. Maybe not this really? year. Maybe not this year. But, but like, I think those are his options. Win a national title and retire or get fired. I don't think there's anything else. Unless honorable he has like mention, a heart attack. Honorable mention on this, Michigan. Those. You see, I don't have an issue. I know one Michigan fan that's absurd. Every other Michigan fan I know, pretty cool, pretty rational. They all I know three. And when we when I saw this text today, I immediately thought of them. They just complain. It's the it's this person's fault. Oh, this quarterback screwed us over. Oh, it, I mean, it's it the 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 lack of personal accountability, especially because a lot of people could have made an argument that their coach, what's his name? Oh my God, I'm drawing Jim a blank. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, a lot of people made an argument that he should have been out years ago. Now, luckily, luckily they didn't get rid of him because they had one of their best years last year. But it took him a long time to beat Ohio State. So they just complain about very high-level football, basketball, and everything all the time. So I, I feel like they're a very strong honorable mention. I don't hate the honorable mention. I feel like if you had a, one to give, what would it be? I might be Tennessee. <laughs> of all Twitter, something else. It's an interesting space. Like we, we've whined about everything from you know put the the VOLS letters back on Neyland. As soon as they go up, we go eleven and two, beat Alabama, Orange Bowl champions. 
We oh. whine about SEC officiating after every game. <laughs> we whine about Greg Sankey, who has rigged the league in favor of Alabama. We, we whine. It's nice to be a part of a fan base who just takes everything on the chest. If it comes to us, we just take it. We take it and we build from it. Go Tigers. Memphis Tigers. You guys have a fan base? You could have fooled me. I haven't seen the Liberty Bowl filled in five years. (laughs) Oh, Davis, you're killing me. So that's all the topics I have this week. You have any burning top fives questions? We're good on time. Yeah, I think we are good on time. By the way, the message you sent me about taxes is so true. It's so true. Like, you would be shocked to see how much I've been in Dallas. I mean, excuse me, Chicago since August. And if you saw my pay stub and saw how much money I've paid in taxes since I've been here, it would make you sick. I know because it makes me sick. Are you talking about the most affordable cities in the United States? Memphis is definitely one of them. I saw this Instagram reel and it spit out Memphis has the number one. And it was like, if you made $100,000 a year, this would be your take home after taxes and I think median price of housing or apartment rent or something. It said Memphis is number one. I personally don't believe that. If I lived in Memphis with the salary that I have. What is the cutoff for a city? Because I feel like Knoxville would be up there too. Because I know like, you know, we're it's just thinking taxes and housing. But there's other things. Population plays. I think population plays a role in that. Like, I don't think you can you can make an argument for like, like Montgomery, Alabama, being one of the most affordable cities. Because food is there, and like, alcohol is much cheaper in Knoxville than it is in Memphis. It's also much more mediocre, though. It's it's much cheaper in Memphis than it is here. Like, you can get a three dollar beer, four dollar beer in Memphis pretty easily. I since I've lived here, I have not paid less than nine dollars for a beer. And, and, and that's a fact. You can't get a burger for less than 15 bucks. I mean, an average dinner is a $20 entree. And, and that's just not how it is where I'm from. Knoxville, it's 10. Well, there you go. It's not as good, but I think, it's still I 10. think college areas tend to have cheaper stuff. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the times, like, some of the food is. Pretty damn good. Gus is good times deli. No free ads, but if you're ever in Knoxville, check them out. Well, unless you go to Northwestern, which is in Chicago. So, I mean, that's not a real college. Maybe not. Northwestern did not win a single game on American soil last year, but they are the college football champions of Ireland. That's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, Please give us a rating of five stars. Follow us on YouTube at Bad Take Blake, where you can see all of our videos. We will have some YouTube exclusives at some point, including more captain's logs on the way. Please comment, like, subscribe, ring the bell to get all of our notifications there. Follow us on Twitter at Bad Take Blake underscore. As Drew mentioned, I myself am active on Twitter at DCroc53. I'm not as active, but I'm getting there at DrewDowdy123. It's, it's a work in progress. I stayed away from the Twitter app for a long time, but now that I've started this, I got to get more involved. Also, Davis, we'll talk about this after. Big plans for football. Big, big plans. Big plans. If you are a crazy fan and you want to come on this show, we are working on putting together a series, a lineup. 
for multiple episodes where we interview you and get your most delusional take. Our first episode in this series is going to feature three friends of the pod, one who's already been on the show. We are bringing back Goat Kiffin to get his most delusional Ole Miss football takes. We are bringing on, we are bringing on someone I'm very excited to bring on because I am just going to rip him a new asshole is B Diz. He will Woo! be our, our crazy Alabama fan, and he is crazy. He's a lunatic. I'm looking Absolutely. forward to having him on. And then we will have a crazy Arkansas fan as well. Sam will come on, and we will get his – you know, I just kind of feel bad for Sam because, like I said, Arkansas stinks. You know, I even have – and we'll talk about this after. I got an LSU fan in the works. And, by the way, this LSU fan knows more about LSU football and sports, especially women's basketball, than most of the longtime LSU fans that I know. He's very, very versed in everything LSU. It's going to be fun having him on. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Particularly if you're a Big 12 ACC or Pac-12 fan, we would love to talk to you if you're passionate about sports, particularly college football, because this will be college football centered delusions. And anyways, that's our show. Thanks guys.